0: Keeping you company until 10 p.m. I'm going to take you right up to the WGN News broadcast at 10 right here on WGN Radio. Thank you so much for texting me, getting some texts in here from the 414. I checked first thing in the morning. Yeah, it went in talking about the check. So started out the day happy. Been cleaning all day, dieting. Oh, good for you. Wow. I've been snacking way too much. Had a lot of caffeine, filling a bit irritable. I think we can all relate to that. And P.S. I have lupus, so a mask and gloves always out of the house. Absolutely, 414. Stay safe for sure. And from the 312, no check for me, made over 99000 last year. Good for me, but got laid off today. Did get some severance that will cover some Copra payments. Thinking about your 312, hopefully maybe in the next round of help that comes out from the government, they'll take into account a lot of the folks that are getting laid off or are underemployed. That's happening right now, of course, in 2020. Joining us now to answer all your travel questions in addition to get us up to date on everything that's happening with the bailout and with airlines and the travel industry, the hotel industry. I mean, he knows it all. It's uh, the travel editor for CBS News, Peter Greenberg, and he also hosts Eye on Travel, which you can hear right here on Saturday at 4 p.m. right here on WGN Radio. Hi, Peter. How are you? Very good. How are you holding up?
1: Well, I'm here in New York in my bunker in the apartment. I've now reorganized my closet 9 times. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, for somebody who travels 300 days a year, I'm barely approaching the, the you know, the category of being a barricaded suspect. But we are hanging in okay. We're doing all my broadcasts actually from our improvised studios and uh, covering all the stories that uh, that that hopefully matter to people.
0: Well, you're definitely busy, I know, cuz you're working from home and busy as ever, but this is the longest, probably, longest stretch you've ever been at home, right?
1: This is the longest period of time I've been in one place. I'm not making this up. We went back and looked in 45 years.
0: What? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Are are you a little stir-crazy?
1: No, I'm not, because this is an opportunity to uh, to learn. This is an opportunity mm-hmm. to stay in one place long enough to do a little more concentrated reading, um, and also to get on the phone and renew my passion for the conversation. So mm-hmm. the bottom line is, if you haven't heard from me in about two years, you're hearing from me this week <laughs> because I made a list of everybody I've been remiss in talking to and, and checking in on everybody I care about.
0: Well, those are some wise words and a way to look at the positive side of things, especially from a man that never sits still, I can only imagine. So have to ask you right out of the gate about this uh, $25 billion bailout for major airlines. What are you hearing? What airlines are taking it? How are they feeling about it? There was a lot of discussion back and forth about this.
1: Sure. Well, the major airlines are going to take it. Uh, they're taking it in different amounts. Uh, there are some strings attached. First and foremost, it's not about the, uh, the executive salaries there or stock buybacks. It's about to support their workers uh, all the way through the uh, month of September, at least, at least in the current incarnation. Um, and there may be some government equity in terms of a loan that has to be paid back. Uh, so that's all a good thing. Um, it's, uh, they needed it. They were hemorrhaging. United Airlines is hemorrhaging somewhere between 60 and $100 million per day, in a combination of expenses and lost revenue, the same applies to Delta, American. Uh, this is uh, not a sustainable business model, considering the fact that the flights that they are operating are running at about nine percent load factor on average. You can't, you know, you just can't do that.
0: How eerie are these photos of terminals and all the planes just sitting still on the, uh, just parked on the tarmac? That just has to be otherworldly, especially for you to see.
1: Well, what was really eerie for me wasn't just to see the planes parked at at, at airports. It was to see where they were parked at airports. If you look at the photograph of the Delta flights parked in Atlanta, they literally closed an entire runway because they'd run out of space to park planes. Uh, That's beyond. We haven't seen that even after 9-11. So uh, this is a brave new world, no matter how you look at it. And if you take a look at all those planes that are parked, uh, and you you take the airline executives at their word, none of these airlines are coming back at their previous strength in terms of numbers of planes, numbers of flights, passenger capacity, routes, frequencies, you name it. So it's going to be a brave new world when we come back.
0: Peter, this might be a a simple question, but for those naysayers out there and those who wonder why bail out huge, giant airline industry, why do this? What do you say?
1: Well, the argument can be made that they provide an essential service that supports business commerce and the basic infrastructure and they do for the same reason that the cruise lines didn't get bailed out because they're not providing that service Uh, but the airlines do um, whether you like it or not Um, and the same thing for for hotels in a certain respect because uh, it's the economy that's driven by people having meetings doing business and, uh, and And having those conversations on the road, so those are two areas that i don 't uh, necessarily fight against the concept of the bailout, but you can always fight over the terms and uh, that 's one of the reasons why you know it took a, it took a while to get the uh, the agreements to get the uh, the bailout approved once the the funds were in place for the airlines
0: and in terms of the money that 's going this um, you know twenty five billion where does the money go? You say it's going to help a lot of the employees
1: Oh, yeah, it's going to the frontline workers it's the, It's the flight attendants, the pilots the the maintenance guys the the uh, the counter clerks, you know the gate agents you know the the, the baggage handlers, the rampers the, and with a commitment from the airlines that they cannot furlough anybody uh, uh, until at least september um, when hopefully we'll be back on track. Uh, you know, the same thing applies to the SBA, uh, payroll protection program. If you're a small business with under 500 employees and you applied for this grant or essentially a loan that becomes a grant, uh, you have to maintain the promise that you're going to keep everybody on your payroll who was on your payroll on February 15th on your payroll for the next 10 weeks during the time that this grant has given you. And if you do, then, the, then it becomes a forgiven loan. If you don't, you are then penalized for, uh, uh, with a financial uh, uh, consequence for everybody who either lay off or cut their salary.
0: Is this initial $25 billion you think, enough? And how long do you think that will last?
1: Well, here's the real problem. Let's get off the delusional notion that we're going to be open for business on May 1st. Mm -hmm. We're not. No one is. um, Unless you're in a remote watchtower in South Dakota, you might go back to work. But for the rest of us, everything is too connected. You know, we call ourselves the United States of America. But in reality, what what the pandemic has proven to us is that we are the individual states of America. And when this is all said and done... Uh, airline schedules are going to have to be completely redesigned from among other things, because you're not going to go back to your original schedule. You can't. Why? Because people are going to be looking for guarantees. What kind of guarantee? Does anybody in Chicago, for example, want me to arrive there if I can't guarantee that I've tested negative for the virus? Right. Uh, same thing through in, in, in overseas countries that are going to be doing everything they can to protect their borders. So you're, all you're going to see is, all you need is one state in this country saying, you can't come to New York until you can prove to us that you've been tested negative, or you've had the antibody test and you're immune, or you have a vaccine, which, of course, we know realistically we won't see at scale until a year from now. So... All you need is one state to do that, and reciprocity kicks in, and every state's going to do it because nobody wants the liability of having something happen on their watch.
0: So you think in terms of just the psyche of people flying, there's going to be a lot of people thinking twice before booking a flight and being in such tight quarters also with fellow passengers. What?
1: Well, it's not just the flight. Let's go back to 9-11. Mm -hmm. After 9-11, Americans were worried about flying over a large body of water to go anywhere because of terrorism and the fact that a plane might be hijacked. Mm -hmm. So people didn't go. But we still flew around the United States. It was the launch of the TSA. And within a certain amount of time, we sort of got back to normal. We're getting into much deeper fears here. People don't want to just not go on a plane. They don't want to go anywhere until they have their security blanket. And what's that security blanket? That A... They're not going to get the disease or the virus. And B, they're not going to get somewhere, get quarantined and be unable to get home. Mm -hmm. And without those reassurances, which you're going to have to provide through medical testing, guess what? The number of people who are going to go is limited by that amount.
0: So, Peter, who's going to... Make sure that those reassurances happen. Would it be the airline? Would they have to check everyone's temperature before you can board a plane the way they are doing in some Asian countries before you can go in a grocery store?
1: You know what? It's no different than having a passport going to a foreign country. Your passport is checked in the United States before you get on that plane to go to make sure that your documents are okay. Some of your listeners may be remembering the, the old yellow health cards we used to carry 25 years ago where you had to prove that you'd been vaccinated for typhoid and smallpox and yellow fever or you couldn't go to those countries. Well, guess what? Someone pretty soon is going to have to develop a different protocol in addition to a passport that basically says... That Peter Greenberg's okay, mm-hmm. uh, or that Joe Schmo's okay, and and that the, and you're going to get that test before you ever get on the plane, or you have to prove that that guarantee. And then when you land, there'll be different protocols there in terms of clearing you into the country, meaning your temperature is going to be taken. They may come up with a new biometric test to clear you as well. And and then if you can't do that, we're back to the old 14-day quarantine, and nobody wants to get subject to that yep. if they're going on vacation.
0: Mm-hmm. So we talked about. The- the airlines. Airports, too, are also going to need bailouts and money from the federal government as well. What have you been hearing about that?
1: Yes, and that'll probably come in the next tranche of uh, of, of legislation to give them that, that that benefit. That'll be in the in the, in the place of, uh, not in the place of, but it'll be as part of the aid to different cities, uh, communities, states that really got nailed in this financially and don't have the resources to print money. So, Barely, you know, they have barely enough to get by now. So airports and, and, and cities will benefit in, with the same legislation. But keep in mind there's one thing beyond this, because you can't put all airports in the same bag. It's going to be major city airports like O'Hare, but what about Springfield, Illinois? What about, you know, what about Madison, Wisconsin? What about, you know, the, the secondary and tertiary airports, which are going to suffer huge drops in air service when we do come back? Uh, mm-hmm. Airlines are reviewing their route networks now. And they're going to come back with a lot fewer destinations. And what happens to those airports when they don't have the the passenger load anymore because the planes aren't coming?
0: Wow, great point. Okay, so we've covered the airports and the airlines. We're going to talk about the cruise lines. We're going to talk about the hotels, the hospitality industry, also about cancellations and how you get your money back if you do want to get your money back, and also any potential deals for that hopeful travel that we're hoping happens in the summer. All that coming up with Pete. Peter Greenberg, 312-981-7200. You can call and ask him your question, I'm pretty sure. Peter, I don't think you've ever been stumped by a question, have you?
1: I watch Jeopardy every night, (laughs) and I'm doing okay, except in the category of medieval interior decorators.
0: (laughs) Okay, so no questions about medieval interior decoration or decorators. All right, all that coming up with uh, Peter Greenberg. 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. Travel editor for CBS News, Peter Greenberg, is here. And of course, you can hear him on Saturdays at 4 p.m. right here on WGN Radio because he's also the host of his show, Eye on Travel, which is a fantastic show. I listened to you last Saturday, Peter. Nice. By the way... No,
1: there won't be there won't, there won't be a quiz. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> by the way, um, you're going to be up early tomorrow morning. I just heard the promo that you're going to be on with Bob Surratt in the morning. What time is that going to happen?
1: I believe
0: um, <laughs> uh, Central Time, I think maybe 748. Okay, well, you know what? You, I, you, you're a busy man. Do you have somebody helping you with your schedule? No, I
1: don't delegate that <laughs> at all, because otherwise I'd have to clean up the mess.
0: You know what? I love that. That means you're not a diva at all. Okay, so quick <laughs> question. Um, are you wearing a mask now, I'm hearing that that's going to be mandated for anybody that's in New York? So when you're doing your essential business, you have to have a mask on?
1: Yes, as a matter of fact, I do, uh, and I don't go out except every other day. I will take about a, a one mile walk because uh, it's on my way to get groceries and come back. Uh, I will. Tell, I'm going to tell everybody a very f- uh, good story this coming Saturday on the show about, I've lived in New York all my life. I was born here. Mm-hmm. I've lived in my neighborhood ever since I was six months old because it was with my parents' wow. house. So, and. And so I take a lot of things for granted about about this neighborhood because normally I'm jumping in a cab or an Uber. Well, now I'm walking, mm-hmm. and I was walking down Fifth Avenue the other day. By the way, I was the only person walking down Fifth Avenue the other day at about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And about five blocks from where I live, on the wall of Central Park, I stumbled across a bronze monument. And I'll give you a little tease. It was a monument to honor... The memory of a of a person named W.T. Stead. You've never heard of him. I had never heard of him. Uh, he died 108 years ago today. Oh. He died on the Titanic. Oh, my goodness. And, yes, and I will tell that story this Saturday because there's a connection to everything we're going through now.
0: Wow, I'm very much looking forward to hearing that story. I'd never heard of him, that particular passenger at all, so I'm curious. But I guess I have to wait till Saturday, 4 p.m., right here on WGN Radio. So, Peter, wanted to mention the news about the TSA officers that have tested positive for coronavirus. They say more than 400. What have you been hearing about that?
1: Well, you know, if you take a look at any kind of percentage of a population that's at risk, you know, if somebody says, oh, somebody's alcoholic. Well, about 6% of the American population has a drinking problem of one sort or another. So that means 6% of plumbers, 6% of school teachers, 6% of airline pilots. I mean, any category you want, it averages out that way. So it stands to reason that if you're coming into contact with the public mm-hmm. uh, a lot, then you're going to be in a high risk category, and the TSA is certainly in that category.
0: Absolutely. Well, we appreciate uh, the work that they're doing. You were just mentioning how state by state travel may look different when flights do start taking off again, uh, in a you know when the stay at home order is lifted. And I believe we have a question right now from a listener. Hi, Art. Uh, you're this is G. You're on the air.
1: Yeah, good evening. I'm over here by Midway. So before oh, nice. I decide to bo- book my Southwest flight to Bidmore, I uh, was going to go also Tennessee and Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, should we wait until we get the uh, – because I went on these websites for, like, Tennessee and Georgia, and they still got the order until April 30th. So once we hear in the news that that's been lifted, we can go ahead and book. What do you think about that? Well, it's not a question of, of waiting for the order to be lifted. The question is, will the airline be flying there? A lot of airlines have reconsidered a lot of their routes. And here's the other thing. Just because the airline lists the flight on its schedule as being on time for May 15th, that, that could be a very big lie. The airline's going to wait till the last minute before they cancel that flight. Uh, if the airlines were in the shipping business here's a little relevance to uh, our anniversary today, they would still show the Titanic as being on time. So you need to get, a, get on the phone and call the airline to see if they're still even operating to the destination you want to go. And okay. then you have nothing to lose, by the way, by booking it now. If, that's, if you think you're rolling the dice, if you think you're going to be flying then. And, and all of a sudden... If there's still a stay-at-home order and there's nobody flying there and the airline cancels your flight, this may answer another question from many other viewers or listeners as well, and that's this. If the airline cancels your flight, not if you cancel it, mm-hmm. but if the airline cancels your flight under u s Department of Transportation Rules, you are entitled to a full refund, even on a non refundable ticket back to your original form of payment because it was the airline that canceled the flight so if you find here with great the airline fare, right. that makes sense it, mm-hmm. right. so if you find a great fare and you want to go to Tennessee or Georgia in early May, even though i don 't think anybody 's going to be going then, but if you want to take your chances. Go ahead and do it. But just realize that for whatever reason, if you don't want to go or there's a stay-at-home order that's really going to be enforced, you better hope then that the airline cancels first.
0: Peter, and that's what I've been hearing you recommend is that don't cancel in advance. Wait and see as long as you can to see if the airline cancels the flight first.
1: Absolutely. It's, look, it's a game of chicken, and you don't want to blink.
0: <laughs> Art, does that help you in your decision?
1: Oh, yes, yes. So do yes. You,
0: you think you're going to do it or not?
1: Uh, I'm gonna wait a little bit because this is not a, like an emergency for me to get down there. This is a leisure trip. Got it. So I'm gonna wait it out. So you gotcha. know, I'll, I'll be paying attention to the news and uh, you know, if they start doing these, you know, lifting of mm-hmm. orders, then hey, I'm gonna go and go for it.
0: But boy, it does give you something to dream about and look forward to, right, Art? And yeah. I'm sure for your family too. That's a little bit stir crazy. Yes. Thanks so much for All calling right, have a good in. Evening. Yeah, let us know how it goes and if you what you end up doing. Um, so, Peter, we talked about the airlines and the airports. Uh, let's keep on cruising along, and let's talk about the cruise lines. How are they doing?
1: Well, they've got a much steeper hill to climb. Uh, right now, there are 365 or 366 cruise ships that are going nowhere. Uh, they're either at a berth in a harbor, they're they're anchored somewhere but nobody's going anywhere. The the Centers for Disease Control issued a new order just about five days ago, extending the no-sale order for another 100 days. So most cruise lines have essentially canceled all of their schedule through the end of July.
0: Wow. And you're a big fan of cruises from what I can recall. You've always recommended that cruises are a great way to travel and see the world.
1: They are, uh, especially if you've never gone to a certain destination before. They could become a great appetizer before you come back for your main meal. Uh, but they're going to have to <laughs> that was super do a cute. lot of changes. <laughs> they're going to have to do a lot of changes to get people to come back because uh, the sheer optics of, of what's been going on, those visuals of you know the Diamond Princess being quarantined mm-hmm. in uh, Yokohama, are not pretty.
0: Mm-mm. It's going to take a while the, uh, for that to sure, leave people. the Grand people's. Princess
1: being being unable to dock in California for a while, and then what we saw 10 days ago with the Zandam in Florida. So people are very, very reluctant at this point to jump right back on a cruise ship.
0: Okay, so that's going to definitely take some time for, for that to bounce back, um, much longer than probably the airline industry, wouldn't you say?
1: Oh, without a doubt. Okay. I mean, Cruise ship bookings, uh, a good note for the cruise lines is that the cruise ship bookings for 2021 are still very, very strong. But for the rest of this year, wow. most of those itineraries may not evolve at all.
0: How, what about the hotel industry, the hospitality industry right now?
1: Well, you have to divide it uh, between regular hotels and then big meeting and convention hotels. The big meeting and convention hotels have a problem. Uh, Short of testing and a widespread level, or the in the absence of a vaccine, uh, booking large numbers of people at one venue is going to be the same challenge that a sports stadium has. Uh, and so, those hotels are going to be challenged. Many of them right now are closed and may not reopen for for a while. The rest of the hotels are going to have to revamp their process of preparing the hotels for anybody to come. Remember, everybody wants a guarantee, Mm -hmm. and the liability issues here are huge. So, for example, if I can't prove to the hotel that I've been tested negative and they let me stay, and then all of a sudden the person in the next room comes down with the virus, the hotel gets sued because they knowingly let somebody in who they didn't guarantee was tested, and and then basically... It affected me. So the lawyers are going to have a field day here. Um, And so there's a whole new protocol of indemnifications that are going to have to happen and waivers that are going to have to be signed and regulations that are going to have to be amended before hotels can swing open their doors and do business.
0: Oh, my goodness. I hadn't even thought of that, Peter. Um, We're going to go to Ron now, Peter. Ron is on the line, and I believe... Hi, Ron. You had to cancel your trip to Morocco? Yeah, i was supposed to be there right now. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. What's your question for Peter? Well, the
1: biggest thing, I, would know, I had no problem getting a voucher refund from the airline, but the land tour company over there is giving my travel agent a very hard time about getting a refund or anything. How is there any kind of regulations that would require them to, to do such a thing? Well, here's the question. Is the tour company that you booked it through based in the United States? I'm assuming your travel agent is based in the United States. So the transaction that you made was actually with your travel agent, right? Yes. Okay. So you did a a, a transaction, which I presume was done with a credit card, with your travel agent. Okay. So you didn't cancel the trip, right? They canceled it. Correct. Okay. So we're back to the same deal. Now under the airlines is a US Department of Transportation rule that applies. With a booking of a, of, a, of a trip like this, the only rule that protects you is under the federal credit laws that say that if you, buy, if you buy a good or a service that you contract for it and you don't receive it, you dispute the charge on your credit card statement. The credit card issuer then inv- launches an investigation, issues you an interim credit, and then hopefully will resolve in your favor. And if that doesn't work comes the, the next step on the on the price is right uh, a small claims court action and one of the things that I think is going in your favor and most people should realize that in most states in the United States I think the limit on state claim, on on small claims court uh, cases is about 7500 bucks but in in most states right now, I would guess that you're going to have some very receptive judges to hear your case, mm-hmm. because my my guess is they couldn't get their refund either on their <laughs> trip. But well, what if the land... I'm, I'm guessing the land tour operator is, is a Moroccan company, though. Oh, but you, you didn't hear my, my question. You booked yeah. your trip through a U.S. company, otherwise known as the travel agent. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. You, didn't, <laughs> okay. you didn't your credit card statement will show that you booked the trip with a travel agent. They then oh, sent that money point. they then sent that money to the foreign operator, right? right? It gets a little confusing, but remember, your 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 point of contact in the transaction was with a US-based company, otherwise known as your travel agent. Well, yes, you have been contacting with uh, all this time, but uh, they're having a problem over there. I'll make you so a $500 bet that you won't company? take. Don't take the bet. When you look at your credit card statement, it's going to be showing that you paid the money to a travel agent in the United States. Okay, so I go to the credit card company? Well, first of all, you go back to your travel agent and say, hey, listen, I'm going to have to dispute the charge. I want you to be aware of it. I know it's not your fault, but it's it's going to come back to, you know, to, to beat you because... You know, you're my agent. You represent
0: me. Ron, I know you're feeling a little bad about doing that because you know that the uh, money was then sent to the excursion folks in Morocco. But I think Peter's giving you permission here. He's telling you that this is the way to go, and I would listen to him. I right. hope you do.
1: And, and one more thing, you're if I can. It. Thank one, you. More, one more thing, if I can. And that is for those of you who bought tickets on, you, on foreign carriers, meaning foreign airlines, could be Lufthansa Air France or Royal Air Morocco, whoever, the U.S. Department of Transportation rule applies to them as well. Any foreign airline that flies to or from the U.S. and which means that your flight would be from the U.S. to that foreign destination on that carrier, the rule also applies. They owe you a refund as well.
0: Well, Ryan, I hope that helps you. Um, definitely check in with your credit card company and your travel agent, just as uh, Peter mentioned, and hope you check back in with us. Uh, a lot more coming up with Peter Greenberg. 312-981-7200 Emmy winning investigative journalist and the host of Ion Travel, which you can listen to right here on WGN radio on Saturday starting at 4 p.m. Peter Greenberg is with us and he's answering all of our travel questions. Peter, I know that you've always said, wait, it's a game of chicken, as you mentioned, wait until the airlines cancel your flight before you cancel it but from the 773 here's a text question they had to go ahead and cancel their trip it was an economy economy plus ticket on american airlines they went ahead and canceled it is there any way that they can get a credit
1: well wait a second nobody's making them cancel it the point is, I'm assuming that they bought a ticket in advance for a flight that was scheduled to take off sometime between March 2nd and, let's say, next week. Um, we all know that airlines were going to start canceling. We all know that, that people had to change their trips because it wasn't just the airline that was, was impacting you. Maybe the hotel was closing. Maybe the, you know, the airspace was closing. Maybe their company wouldn't let them fly because of corporate travel policy. Having said that, you still want to wait for the airline to, to, to cancel the flight first to preserve your rights under the DOT rule. So I don't understand what they're looking for now. I mean, if they canceled uh, before the airline did, then the airline would probably have offered them either a voucher or in a worst-case situation. They would have charged them a $200 rebooking fee minimum mm-hmm. and then given them a credit for a future flight.
0: This is uh, from the 773. I have a trip planned to Las Vegas and Colorado in July, August. I have accommodations booked that I need to cancel by, by May, but no flights booked. This is for my entire family. It's supposed to be family vacation. Not sure what to do about the trip. I guess asking well, whether they should be booking flights or not.
1: Well, first of all, you just, told, just finished telling me you were canceling the flight. You were canceling the trip. You said you had accommodations, but you want to cancel the flight. I'm a little confused.
0: Oh, this was a different text. Sorry, Peter.
1: Oh, Yes, okay. this is a totally run, different run, question. Run it, by, run it by me again.
0: Okay, yeah. So basically, they have the, the hotel booked, and they had this book for a while, and I guess they've been trying to watch for cheaper tickets. Um, but now they're wondering, because this trip is in July, August, wondering if they should even what should should they cancel the hotel booking or should they continue to look for flights in case
1: oh continue yeah the answer right now is wait don't cancel anything i mean look this is a very fluid situation we don't know if there'll be more hotspots coming up with the coronavirus. We don't know if we're going to get a green light that will apply across all 50 states in a reasonably short period of, of time. We don't know any of that. Mm-hmm. So to try, and you've got some time to wait here, right? It's not that the, the, the trip is next week. Mm-hmm. It's more than two months away. So literally wait until at least the 20th of May. We, You know, wait at least a, a month from now uh, before you make any decisions. Hold on to that reservation. But then if you have to cancel, Cancel it, then cancel it outside of 30 days. So if it's if it's a July 20th uh, reservation at the hotel, you've got until June, 20, June 19th, I suppose, to cancel and get a full refund from the hotel.
0: So Peter, uh, caller Ron's question reminded me of cruise ships and how there's a lot of bookings for excursions and beverage packages, especially with cruise lines. Is that also something that you would show up on your credit card as being charged by the cruise line that you would be able to take up with the credit card company?
1: Oh, sure. If you're buying a cruise and you buy all their additional packages, the same rules apply.
0: Okay, so that's good to know as well. We oh, were, yeah. We were talking about the airline bailout and the uh, airport uh, as well. They're going to get money as well. And uh, we're, I'm wondering, out of all of that, from the airlines to the airports, because you're such an insider, who do you see falling through the cracks of both of those bailouts?
1: Well, the smaller airlines are going to have some problems, mm-hmm. uh, and they're the ones who may need it the most. Uh, so that's one. Uh, two is, under this bailout, they're only required to keep their, keep their staff employed at their current levels until September. Well, what makes anybody think that everything's going to be solved by September? I don't think it will. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people are going to start falling through the cracks sometime in August.
0: Okay. So let's say we're lucky enough to be thinking about a vacation. Of course, we want to get the best deal possible, we've had to cancel spring break, the family's going stir crazy, we're blessed enough to have enough money to put towards a vacation. Do you see any potential deals coming down the road?
1: Well, yeah, I see a number of deals. Uh, Look, this is the one thing in history that's going to be different. The travel industry is not going to be able to successfully discount their way out of this uh, because we're dealing with some basic fears here that go way beyond price. So, for example, you know, we have all this fear now, but guess what? The airfare between Fort Lauderdale and Los Angeles round trip as of two days ago, I'm not making this number up, was $38. What? And how many people were on the plane? 7 So the price didn't drive people to run to the airport and jump on those planes. By the same token, when we do get the green light, not everybody's going to be jumping on those planes either. So there will be deals. Uh, However, the real deals are going to happen this way, not in terms of airfares, not in terms of hotel rates. It's going to be the frequent flyer programs and the frequent stay programs. It's going to be the one time. In in my experience in recent years, where you can actually not only redeem your miles for flights that you want, but you'll redeem less of them. And the same thing happens with hotel points, because the hotels that are smart and the airlines that are smart are not going to discount their fares or their room rates. They're going to keep them there because discounting is not going to help them. So they'll preserve the, the rates, but at the same time, reward your loyalty by letting you redeem your miles for their most frequent customers.
0: I think this text message from the 773 kind of piggybacks on what you were just saying. Is there going to be a reevaluation of customer concerns and customer service in the travel and airline industry?
1: <laughs> reevaluation? How about revolution? <laughs> um, here's the deal think about this. The smart airline. Coming out of the gate when this is over, is going to be the airline that says, from now on, unless you're flying with a significant other or your immediate family member, we're going to guarantee you that nobody will be sitting next to you on the plane. The dreaded center seat is going to say goodbye. Now, we will probably pay a premium between 50 and $80 per ticket on domestic flights for that. And guess what? We will. Uh, they're going to change boarding practices. They're going to change... Uh, what it means to be a frequent flyer. They're going to change nickel and diming charges because they've had to waive them now. So nobody wants to go back. This is about improving customer service for people who have good memories. And we remember what happened initially here with the airlines refusing to give people refunds for their money, even Mm -hmm. though there was a DOT rule requiring them to do so. We remember that. Enough is enough. The, the time to do the good thing is when it happens. And what I mean by that is in the service industry, and let's not forget that the, that the travel and tourism industry is the largest service industry in the world right? Mm -hmm. It's one out of every 10 jobs. It's 11% of GDP. But you don't win, win awards for the delivery of the service. You win awards when something goes wrong and you recover well. This is the time for everybody, every sector, hotels, airlines, cruise ships, rental cars, Uber drivers, you name it, tour operators in Morocco. This is the time for people to recover well now.
0: Along those same lines, is there going to be a change in the psychology of the traveler? Do you think more people are going to be buying travel insurance?
1: Well, don't get me started on travel insurance. Let me put it this way. I know we're running out of time, but I'm going to tell you very quickly. (laughs) Most people can't even complete a transaction online for an airline ticket without either opting in or out of travel insurance, and you think you're buying the right thing. You're not. For example, what did people discover recently? That all the insurance that they bought for every trip that they had was worthless because the policy language in those insurance policies excluded pandemic. Whoops. Wow. So the, the smart travel insurance companies... Charge me another $50 more for the premium, but don't play games. Cover me for things that might actually happen to me.
0: Peter, what about Airbnb and all those vacation rentals that you're just renting person to person? Is there any way you can get money back on that?
1: Yes, you can, and, they, and Airbnb has been better at it. They weren't good at it at the first time, but in the last week and a half, they really turned things around by pressuring their hosts to do the right thing. And remember something else, the whole idea of the shared economy or the whole idea of of an Airbnb, is you're really trusting that that host cleaned the apartment. You're really trusting that you're not going to be going into a hot zone just because you got a deal on it. Mm -hmm. So it's incumbent upon every travel provider, hotel, Airbnb, an airline, not to show you the product, but to show you the process they went through to get you the product. Show me the hazmat teams in the hallway steam cleaning the carpet. Show me the guys on the the aisle of the airplane making sure that every seat has been cleaned. That's what's going to get me back on the plane.
0: Well, I can squeeze one more question in. This is probably going to be a yes or no answer. Look into your crystal ball from the 773 area code. Got a trip planned to Italy in September. Should I try booking accommodations or am I being too optimistic?
1: No, book accommodations, do it with a credit card, and just wait.
0: Just wait. Oh, that takes a lot of patience. But wise words from travel expert Peter Greenberg. By the way, from the 847, tell Peter I listen to his show every Saturday. He's fantastic. And his guest is guests are always incredibly interesting. And that's from Scott. So be sure to listen to Peter this Saturday right here on WGN Radio at 4 p.m. Peter, thank you so much for being with us. Hope you continue to stay safe and wear that mask when you're going to the grocery store.
1: And right back at you.
0: (laughs) Thank you.